Are you ready? Yeah. Also, I'm good because we've been recording. Apparently, why does it say pause recording? <laughs> when did this start? I don't actually know. Was there a button that kicked it? Who has the edit? Me. Did I, I think figure it's... out when the fuck this started. Uh, it's been going for about ten minutes. If we start <laughs> right, if we start right now, you just cut the first ten minutes. Anyways, ten minutes. 30 seconds or so cut all that out and we'll go this is going to help you, silence is going to be easier honestly How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going good. I'm glad to be here as your ally and companion. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. Uh, happy Happy Pride Month, everyone. I almost said week, which would have been really funny. We're, we just, we're really concentrated hey, with our uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> the month's kind of long, guys. <laughs> <laughs> How many days are in a month? 30? Ooh. Uh... <laughs> Well, like, we're like, hey, we already seven. gave, uh, we already gave February away, and that had the least days, so, mm-hmm. I guess June? Right. This is me just pretending to be how, like, uh, who, whoever decides what the holidays are, mm-hmm. but they're, but they're very bigoted, and very, uh, right. withholding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, um, I, I don't know what the, I guess themed months or awareness months and things like that. That's fine. I mean, I don't pay attention to most of them, but if someone's like, Hey, this thing at this time, you're like, cool, whatever. I support yeah. it. Um, especially if I get a free t-shirt from work, that's what I'm wearing right now. What I'm rocking. Um, and it just says pride. So there you go. Not a very complicated message. I think it actually says something else on it, which is (laughs) the name of the company. (laughs) The name of the company, which is the one I would not say on the podcast. (laughs) It's actually Pride. Pride. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, it's a freebie. It's a nice, comfortable shirt. It's not not like one of these, uh, you know, like a cheap T-shirt that doesn't really feel that great to wear long term. And then there's excellent T-shirts, which are like super soft super good it's somewhere in the middle what i don't get is like i know there's obviously different t-shirt companies you can be like hey here's this logo or design and we need enough for uh people at the company or an event going on what have you i don't know when anybody's like hey i'm gonna go with like the shittier version right like i don't know because if it's a, a shitty shirt i'm just gonna like burn it afterwards but <laughs> yeah. if it's like <laughs> as you do uh-huh. But if it's like a nice shirt, be like, oh, I want to keep this around because it's comfortable and I can have a fond memory of whatever it was. Mm-hmm. There was, um, speaking of shirts, 
uh i saw a short clip on reddit recently that was like a tie-dye shirt but it was a tie-dye shirt from like an ultimate tie-dye competition and the guy made several like basically copies to kind of like he had test ones and things like that and mm-hmm. it actually took first pay- place at some big tie-dye competition like oregon or someplace you'd expect tie-dye competitions to take place <laughs> and um it was just like it It was super tightly wound up together there was like like uh pins and things like that all over it and he's kind of describing he points at like a knot and he's like oh yeah this is like like an iris pattern and this is this and this and this and i'm like yeah sure whatever and then he like unveils it and it's just that's the thing yeah absolutely brilliant blue like full art basically style with multiple patterns and crap built into it i've just like never seen a tie-dye shirt anywhere near it it's freaking awesome yeah, because, like, as a kid, it was, like, basically the same as painting eggs for Easter. You're, like, uh, rubber bands, throw in some water, wait, uh, have mm-hmm. the dye. And, like, that was it. And everyone's, like, had typically, like, monochromatic or maybe, like, a couple of colors if you kind of, like, dipped it in uh, various corners. Uh, and it was always just fine. And I didn't know that it could be good until I saw a video on Reddit. It sounds like it was of something similar where, again, it's, like, a very uh, tightly wound fabric i think it's supposed to be like for a i don't want to say a tablecloth but like a not a mural either mm-hmm. tapestry we'll say tapestry that's a good word um, i like that like you see things bunched up but it's really hard to envision what it's going to be because you just see like the the small compression uh you don't know how it's actually gonna turn out but it is fucking insane what yeah. they can do with it it's it's like one of those things where oh well, it's exactly this where uh, the majority of the population sees it as pretty much like a hobby or kind of like oh we just did this the one time at summer camp or something yeah. like that and then it's there's a small activity. group of people who literally never stopped and it just became an obsession for them it's literally that um but the products look really cool uh, if this was a more visual podcast this is where I'd be like hey um, Roberto snap snap that picture up show them show them the the tie-dye clip um but we're not there yet technology's not there i mean i'm not there with roberta yet i haven't i don't (laughs) quite trust him i would say Uh (laughs) uh-huh just to to put the right thing on screen or just to to be responsible for the podcast yes okay that's fair that's fair all right well once roberto proves himself then we'll have a, a video format We'll make that the um, title of the episode when he actually dies. Roberto proves himself. That's just, I'm just imagining him like listening to this for the edit. He's just like, guys. Uh-huh. Do you have yeah. any fun summer activities that you're fond of? Oh. Hmm. Like whether it is I'd consider making tie-dye part of that. Egg yeah. race, three-legged race, hacky sack, mm-hmm. cornhole. Going under a giant uh, parachute as a kid. I would say I had, um, I was pretty well insulated as a, you know, religious upbringing child. Um, So I didn't have too much of that. My brain, the first thing I went to was church camp. Uh, So that's where I'm at. Um, But church camp is pretty fun uh, a lot of the time. Um, Outside of that, we had a trampoline. That's not really a seasonal thing, but it's more associated with the, the warmer months, I think. And I, I'm still pretty sure I could do a front flip. Pretty sure. 
backflip is tough statistically so like in actual trained amongst trained professionals a backflip is easier but psychologically a front flip is easier for me yeah because i think a lot of kids have done a somersault before mm-hmm. you just like mess around on the ground versus oh i'm just gonna roll backwards it's not natural yeah pretty much did you ever see the video of like a, a kid who went to a trampoline type thing and he's being trained by this guy how to do a backflip i don't think so oh it was cool it, it fell mm-hmm. under wholesome memes for me whether or not that was the subreddit or not right because like you just see the kid like just jumping you're like okay and it's like okay you want to like lean back and he kind of just had him go onto these uh giant mats mm-hmm. and then he's like okay now you gotta like pull your legs in and he basically did like all these basic steps and then started like right. piece them together and I was like, oh my god, maybe it's something I could actually huh. do one day. It's a muscle training. I mean, my spine would break, but <laughs> it's a cool thought. <laughs> yeah, well, we all have to make sacrifices. Um, Jake, they, also- <laughs> they were innocent. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do the backflip. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no room. My apartment doesn't have uh, flat terrain really for the most part so everything's on a hill there's really no ability to have a trampoline and not immediately be a death trap <laughs> that'll just propel people <laughs> into the road on like first bounce <laughs> but i don't know i have good memories of that i remember uh my, my brother is uh just a couple years younger than me and uh so we always had that kind of like sibling rivalry screwing with each other like so someone would be like trying to jump on the trampoline and the other person as an antagonist we both developed the skill of negating someone's jump um which is like a very uh for people who aren't familiar it's like a very brief intensive uh like shock absorption motion basically at the same time that the other person is landing and they go from like expecting any amount of normal height to just like collapse onto the ground because the trampoline is not (laughs) bouncy anymore (laughs) um it was a real fun time but he also launched me into a pine tree one time so he got even he's like negate i will negate your negation i will (laughs) double the bounce uh-huh that was the other thing is you could time it so you could like launch somebody that was expecting a normal jump too there's yeah. a trampoline meta out there it's it's fun it was always like the ones that were enclosed and granted i grew up on a lot of ones that were not it's yeah, like it hey us. what do you want to do with these springs you're like just come with some plastic nobody's gonna go near it um mm-hmm. and you always always had like a an ankle kind of like go through you're like fuck 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 um but uh, when anybody was double bounced, even the ones that were enclosed, like they had the walls go up maybe eight feet uh-huh. and half of your body would be above that. And you're like, oh, a little too high. <laughs> yeah, a little bit too much, right? Because <laughs> if, I, if I go outside of the trampoline enclosure, I know the ground's not going to bounce. <laughs> yes, it's not. And you're over eight feet up, eight feet yes. plus like the height of the trampoline, right? And you're like, nah maybe we don't it goes from fun to like i feel like i'm falling out of a second story window You're like oh no no uh-huh yeah it's it's really like it kind of reminds me of um i want to say lawn darts and like that 
trampolines have been a thing for a long time and like they've never been safe right it's the way i think about it when i think about people driving cars it's like why do why do we let people drive cars well because driving cars is so normal but if cars were invented right now they would not let people drive them right you're not like oh yeah put a bunch of those massive metal death machines on the road and just trust everything's gonna be okay um i feel like if trampolines didn't exist they wouldn't exist that's a stupid thing to say but you mean uh, if it came about now versus Mm -hmm. probably the 60s or the 70s where they had no safety regulations at all exactly like ours had a metal outer frame and then just Mm -hmm. exposed springs like the the version above that would have at least covered springs and then the version above that would be enclosed um but no we just uh had had a great time with it until classic young childhood friends um screwing with you came over and we're like all right no shoes on the trampoline at all like this is we know bad things will happen if someone has shoes on the trampoline and they're like no no i'll just jump with my freaking shoes poked a little tiny hole nothing happened that day and then later it tore completely terrible wait can you not have shoes on the trampoline um well i mean you can have shoes if they don't have like cleats or something like that i'm sure it's fine cleats literally have spikes on the bottom (laughs) yeah it was uh it was not great do you still have any fond memories of a certain bounce house oh yeah yeah yeah. um i can't remember the name of it i knew it was out there yeah somewhere near bloom but um that was fun i will say the uh gastrointestinal system is a little bit less resilient as an adult compared to a kid so you know i'm not doing a flip on every jump and i can probably only go so much before i'm like okay let's not (laughs) um or die (laughs) It, it is still very fun though to just I mean, while you still have your legs about you, um, mm-hmm. just kind of jumping up and down, and then like you essentially have a field of trampolines that you can kind of bounce off a wall for one safely, not near people type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed they had a separate section of here's three trampolines, and then just like a foam pit. Yeah, not the type they had at TwitchCon, but like an actual <laughs> foam pit that was like goes. deep, deep, deep. Um, because you would just try and get some speed in air, and then just dive yourself. Yeah. Um, and it was very hard to get out because of how much foam and how deep it was. And like when you go to push off, all the foam so just compresses. Or like, I don't know what you wanted me to do. <laughs> uh huh. It's the type of thing where it's like there's ten fr- friends bouncing in the bounce plex. One of them jumps into the foam pit. There are nine friends bouncing <laughs> in the bounce plex. <laughs> where did Timmy go? I don't know. Let's keep bouncing. Uh-huh. No, that was fun though. Also, like very ambitious for even college students to go. I think everyone else was a kid. When we were there, like literally everyone else was a child that was not besides in party. our group. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. It was, it was very much like everyone went to Chuck E. Cheese's, and there needed to be like some token child in order to get in the door or something like that. Everybody makes sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about I you? Do, like uh, those, do you have uh, 
fun summer activity from the child hood from the hood as a child from the hood filled <laughs> with children <laughs> um a lot of the ones that i described i probably all have like a memory with at least uh there was a park down the road from my house growing up as a kid mm-hmm. and uh they had like a little summer program it was only for like a week or something um but your parents would essentially like drop you off or like uh entertain them for a couple hours yeah, um, and you just do whatever the whoever the appointed counselor or older person was. But I do remember the the giant parachute that everyone would kind of like uh, yeet up into the air and then run under, and that being fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we did some things like wiffle ball, dodgeball, kickball. There's there's nothing like a good rubbery thwonk from like you kicking a a ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that because actually, of air resistance, it goes like 20 feet top. <laughs> I was also a child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Um, yeah, that reminds me kind of of uh, like riding bikes also. That was that was something I did more in the summer. Because um, we would have like, we basically had a nice square block, like large pieces of um, property. I don't know. But anyways, you could go around <laughs> in like a full, full, uh, full cycle um and i i feel like every generation is like man when we were kids our parents just let us do whatever um and the reality is every generation has those kids i think basically um it's just they have the perception that everything's like covered in bubble wrap and safety and all of that these days and i don't know if that's actually the case or not but uh, it was a very much like hey i'm gonna go ride my bike I'll be back before it's dark. <laughs> there you go, right? Like that's the requirement. Oh, we haven't seen the kid in six hours. That's fine, right? <laughs> um, but it was fun. I still kind of want to get a bike. Yeah, there. I remember. Yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of over the summers, whether it's like high school or college era, just still having a bike, going down the hill to that same park where I had the summer camps. Um. And like meeting up with other people who lived kind of close enough by that they could also bike there, or if I was someone already hang out with somebody, and we'd throw around a frisbee or just like hang out or walk across to like the local uh, grocery store and like get soda or don't like whatever we could get with our you know five dollars yeah, on hand. Uh-huh. Um, it's just fun like hanging out on like a warm summer evening till it started mm-hmm. to get dark a little bit. And you're like, hey, I think Rita's is open. And then you'd go over to Rita's, which is right behind the grocery store. Like, it was, mm. yeah. And then you eventually come back, and they're like, hey, how was it? And you're like, oh, it was all right. And they're like, uh-huh. cool. And you just high-five your parents. You go in the basement, keep hanging out with your friends. And, it, like, the sun had just set. It's yeah. now 9 p.m. And you can still hang out and do stuff. Like, mm, mm-hmm. loved it. I think now I'm just like, big... it's it's hot. <laughs> Why can't I sleep? Uh-huh. I know um, my wife was remarking about like the longer days and how that was nice for her very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like, it's like 9 p.m. and it's getting darker, but like the sun's still around. And it's just like, yeah, I, I know I understand why there are so many songs written about summer. It's because like, I don't know. I, I think everybody kind of has that sensation of or hopefully does of like kind of just like in the pool 
staring up at the blue sky. It's um, what was the um, my brain associates this with telepop music. Just breathe that song. Just incredibly chill. Uh, I'll send it to you on the side. You guys can uh, look I, it up. I I know the song. Uh... Yeah. Um, I, it's one of those songs I kind of imagine it's like people probably listen to this while they're high, <laughs> but I really appreciate it. Like I, I just Jake, really liked I, it. I know the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just that whole vibe, just that really chill. Don't have to worry about school or whatever the crap vibe. But yeah, uh, it's always associated with a lot of lack of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously if you're a kid, summer is your time off of school. Um, and then you can just hang out with anybody because nobody has plans. And if they do, it's like, oh, what? You're going on a family vacation? You want to throw a frisbee? Okay, man. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. You've they were dead to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's out of the front group. That's simple as that. Uh-huh. And you just being completely absent was basically understood by your parents because they didn't really want to deal with you for an extra eight hours like they need you to do something in the time you would be at school basically anyways so as as charming as i think i am now i know i was definitely not the most charming kid uh, at a point so i'm sure that they were like oh he's with friends they're not gonna you know get into anything crazy Uh they'll be fine Whereas in my case, it was just like, please just hang out with your friends. So you're not just sitting there in a chair staring at us like a psychopath. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Uncrosses legs, recrosses them the other way, resumes staring. Uh huh. Something wrong with yeah. that boy. True. True. Accurate. <laughs> they, they, they should have seen the signs. Um, uh, but yeah. so this, I did want to ask, because mm-hmm. uh, we diverted a little bit. Um, what have you been playing recently? Okay. Anything new going on or just have you have you sworn off games altogether? Right. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Um so I don't know to what extent this is actually a trap. Uh because I think last time we talked about how it's like I can't just talk about Pathfinder. Um because there's there's so much, and I just don't want to get into it because, like, we have a few listeners, right? <laughs> That's what's holding holding me on. Um, but for the over the last, I'm gonna say several weeks, I'm gonna put I put in what I think is probably hundreds of hours um, into Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous after seeing a Mandalore video on it. Great channel, by the way. Recommend it. Check it out. We love um, Mandalore in this house. Really good friend of the show uh if you're listening mandalore reach out bring you on for an episode it'll be fun um but uh it's it's very fun and without nerding out a bunch it really scratches this kind of like ocd must make numbers higher must optimize things um part of my brain that like straight up i do nothing the closest thing i can think of is literally eve like i was sitting there i think for four hours um optimizing a character's build so that i could get their buffs to last long enough with the right set of gear and the right levels and the right perks and stuff like that so they would cross a threshold it's five minutes if i could get them to last five minutes i had a feat like a character unlock basically that made them last 24 hours and i spent what many people would consider a full gaming session (laughs) 
optimizing this character for this and then at the end i was just excitedly telling my wife hey i can get greater invisibility all freaking day mind blank so true scene cannot even see my party i can literally just walk up and attack things and she's just like she's so gracious (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way i can put it um i've been the one that's saying like i'm i apologize (laughs) for my recent behavior (laughs) um but she she listens no it's so like the other side of that coin is being me who's so disenfranchised and just like hey what did you think of Ring? i was like that's good i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and like that's the extent i give yeah, it it wouldn't be like Elden Ring's okay the worst really... example but yeah i know it's yeah but it's always nice to find a game like that Marlo where you breaks. get so dude marlo briggs <laughs> 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 we had to hold ourselves back because we were like we're we, we would do three episodes for Elden Ring, but like how many could we do for Marlow Briggs? M- maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, not even. Um, but but no, it's it's always huge because like uh, recently with um the new Breath of the Wild, Tears, Tears of, the of the Kingdom, Kingdom. yeah, uh, that came out. Um. So many people I know have been checking that out and been hearing good things. And mm-hmm. though I don't think it's like an active pickup for me, I'm really happy to hear that like people are checking out and enjoying it. Even some yeah. friends who like don't game that often. I'm like, <gasps> they're gaming. Mm-hmm. It's been unlocked. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's it's especially nice for that though, right? Cuz I mean, we've refuted it for years, but I mean, gaming is a gateway drug to more gaming basically. Um, and so if someone starts playing free cell a little bit more, I'm like, they're only one step away, right? Like they're, they're, they're pretty close. Have, have you seen solitaire? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, about tears of the kingdom, since you mentioned it though, apparently I did hear that it is the, um, it's the fastest selling, it's the fastest selling legend of Zelda game of all time. And it's also, I think that the fastest selling switch game of all time it's selling faster than smash ultimate which was the second place heresy <laughs> no, i mean that, i think i was kind of surprised smash ultimate was in the number one spot to be honest yeah, it's still it, fighter it shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> like it does have a lot of party appeal but like if you said like hey family member uh, do you want to check mm-hmm. out smash to be like oh it's like a fighting thing or you have to be good or whatever yeah. not as much my thing versus um i think a lot of people in a family could be like hey here's this big open adventure game um mm-hmm. and we've improved on it since the first one but that was really critically acclaimed and well received do you want to just watch me play or like check out some stuff like i think it has a lot more global appeal yeah the interesting thing for me was the top selling zelda game prior to this was not breath of the wild it was something like it was like Skyward Sword or something like that. It was it was an older one, like significantly older. So um, I know, I mean, Nintendo doesn't really need money, but we've had a lot of, uh, they're, they're getting money off Tears of the Kingdom. That's, that's one point. The other point was like, I think it also came out in a news story that they were basically done with the game early, pretty much. And they're just like, we're just going to, we're just going to spend time polishing it and stuff like that. Um, 
I might be conflating this. I, I want to issue a correction in real time. I might be conflating this with Final Fantasy 16, where uh, I heard recently Yoshi P was like, the game's done. We don't even need a day one patch. Like, there's we don't need any of that. It's just going to launch. Um, and also, they don't have DLC plans. And it's just like, Yoshi P, please, please. Like, I'm going to go back to Final Fantasy XIV at some point. You don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to bring me in like this. Suspicious. Um, yeah, but like you freaking love to hear that, right? You get things like Gollum, Gollum, or like Ooh. Redfall. And you're like, please, anybody, just make a game. <laughs> make it single player. <laughs> don't have DLC. Don't put microtransactions in it. And make it done. There you go. So... One of my, um, probably my only go-to Let's Play channel at this point is Oni Plays. Mm-hmm. Oni NG did a lot of dumb and fun cartoons back in the days of, like, Newgrounds, a lot of which are on YouTube. Dragon Ball's PP is him. Um, but they did some playthrough of Gollum, and they had heard it was going to be bad. I right. didn't really look up too much ahead of time. But on the uh, community page or store page... They're like, oh, there's DLC. There's a, there's a $3 DLC or a little thing you can get. A little microtransaction for him to say my precious. Uh-huh. $3. It's, it's what unbelievably the bad. Like, I saw they had ones for emotes, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you could get an emote, and then there was one. Maybe it was the collector's edition or something. Basically gave you, like, lore entries, essentially. Um... And they were not written well. <laughs> and it's just... Yeah. It's really rough. It is, it is sad off of like the backs of some great things. You got like God of War, Elden Ring from the year mm-hmm. prior. Where now we're like... Yep, people are doing some random, random dumb bullshit. Yeah. I think it really shows the duality of man though. Uh, or woman in this case. Um, but for video games like... We have some games coming out that are just, we know they're going to review really high or they have reviewed really high. Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, perfect example. Diablo 4 has really good impressions. I kind of want to talk about it at some point. I um, did want to ask some... you a question. Sure. So, like, um, I knew that it was coming out today. Uh-huh. And that's one of the reasons why I'm holding off, maybe picking it up, and also, you know, hearing some feedback from friends and reviewers about how it yeah. actually is. The pre at what the point, early start is today if you yeah. bought the more expensive thing. Yeah. At what point did you figure out that we were recording on the same day that Diablo 4 <laughs> came out? <laughs> I think it was within an hour of us starting to record. <laughs> okay. But it was it, it was in the opposite direction. I didn't think so initially there was an event that was in Discord and it was just like people can opt in if they're gonna be doing the early start or something. And both Dave and I were like, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later I started to see more early previews, stuff like that. And I was like, fine, like, I'll probably want to play it over the weekend. I'll pick it up. Um, and then I hit the button. I was like, yes, I will attend this thing. Thinking that it was Friday, which is not when we record. We record on Thursdays generally. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, getting ready for the podcast and stuff like that. Was, it's like, I got a discord notification actually from the, from the bot that we use. It was like, Hey, there's 30 minutes until your event. And I was like, huh, tomorrow's not 30 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm here with the podcast uh, so you guys can hear me. 
that's that's the sacrifice instead of playing Diablo 4. But to be honest, I doubt that people are even in the servers yet. <laughs> it's it's going to be a mess. I haven't even launched out on it to see like how far they've gotten. Mm -hmm. I just I gave them a little GLHF. Um, I hope they're having a good time. Yeah. Hope, like, save us some prime evils or something, right? Like, if we get there and it's just, like, rack an issue, then, <laughs> I mean, what's the point? Um, I I was going to say, speaking of the, the when I went to install the pre-order, um, there's a checkbox for, like, high-res assets. You can turn it on or off. And the game is, like, 46 gigs without high-res assets. Otherwise, it's over 80. It literally doubles the size of the installation, practically. To get Jesus. those those fancy fancy graphics, and I was like, I almost didn't go for the fancy graphics. I was like, I, does it matter? It probably doesn't. Maybe I'll t end up turning them down anyways. But yeah, that's kind the of thing. At least from like the betas, I had issues with frame rate a mm -hmm. lot, a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. And like, I have a twenty seventy super, so. Mm -hmm. My graphics card is not like a 700 by any means, but it's also definitely not top of the line. Yeah. Um, but I have to imagine for like someone like me, I would want those shinier graphics, but mm -hmm. it just, it wouldn't come through in the same way for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a 3070, so just one generation newer, mm -hmm. but not a super. So like uh, probably maybe less VRAM or something like that. Um. And I also had some performance difficulties. I do think that a lot of them were due to network issues, which I'm hoping that they can fix. Um, just due to the, like the always online nature of the game. Even some of the reviews I saw were like, even when graphics were looking good, when you were doing area to area transitions, you might get a little little rubber band. I'm like, that's not super great. It's enough that it's immersion breaking. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that uh, it stabilizes a bit. I mean, I know it will because some people are just not going to play the game past beating the game. But um, I don't know. It also kind of sucks to have your first impressions of the launch game be ruined by some performance issues or harmed, I should say. Ruined is too strong a word, but, you know, negatively impacted. Um, yeah, you only get one chance to make a, a first impression. Yeah, you only get one shot. One opportunity. The other thing I wanted to mention is it's all not all rainbows and roses for Diablo. They have basically shown that they're pretty much going to have the same season pass model that Overwatch has. Um, and you're going to get some premium currency over the course of the season pass, but not enough to buy the next season pass. So... Theoretically, if you played a bunch every season, it would cost you less than $10. There's two tiers, basically, this season pass. There's the accelerated one, which just comes with, like, instant 20 levels. This is the, you want to spend more time at briefcase work than you do want to actually spend playing the game tier. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a standard season pass at, like, 10 bucks. Um, And I guess you can get that down if you're doing the season, like, every season. But I don't love it. <laughs> no, it it's just, it sucks. Like we're even experiencing this with Destiny Two right now. Yeah. Where hey, there's a new season thing. 
I want to play some Kanto with my friends. Oh, I have to buy the thing? Okay, there's 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, people want to do like a dungeon. Let's do the dungeon. Oh, how much? Oh, I have to pay a separate $15 for that. I'm like, what? Ah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Destiny, I think, is a little bit worse in some ways. And that, like, they're, well, one, it's 15 bucks instead of 10. I kind of like the $10 price point. That's about reasonable for me. Um, as long as your season is not like a month, I really want seasons to last like three months. Um, and $10 for three months. I don't care. Like, that's fine. But like having a separate pass for the dungeon, which is what destiny does. Like if you don't, you can get the deluxe edition or whatever the crap you can buy it all up front, which I think is what I did for this set of seasons. Then they throw in the dungeon pass or whatever the crap that's their, their discount. Right. (laughs) But it's really not. And it sucks to do that when it's just like, I don't know. 15 bucks is a lot for a dungeon. Yeah. Cause like what that's maybe let's say be generous and say it's an hour and a half of content like you're paying ten dollars an hour <laughs> yeah right? if you're slow <laughs> that's the thing and you're probably gonna be running it multiple times yeah um but still it sucks when you have the mentality of you've already sunk a lot of money into the game so like destiny like you can opt into any of the season stuff and go mm-hmm. back and do that unless it's like a specific seasonal thing like catch crash which isn't around anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, they have one of those each season. It's the seasonal yeah. activity. It's very formulaic. But I've bought most of them, and let's say they're six or seven, and probably fifteen to thirty each. So I was definitely drunk for a lot of those purchases, so I could get past that hump. Um, but on the other hand, like let's say if you haven't played for a while and then friends are like, hey, we're thinking about checking out this game again. You down? And play mm-hmm. for a little bit? $10 or $15 even at a price point for, hey, I'm going to be coming back to this for a couple weeks. Not the worst thing in the world. I've mm-hmm. spent more on fast food at any given location and gotten less value. Yeah. I know they're not directly comparable. But they're getting there though <laughs> the price of a meal is around the price of the average season pass now i don't understand why a salad at sheets cost me more than a burrito mm-hmm. how how lettuce inflation it looks I wish like they would money. inflate my fucking <laughs> lettuce it's so flat <laughs> the last time we got uh we got some spicy chickens of course because you know it's the salad and it's delicious it is, it is good um but they didn't like completely separate up the chicken pieces, so they kind of just had them like mostly sliced. But you kind of have to like rip them off yourself. I, and I then just mix them together. I pour in the dressing, shake the ever living fuck out of it, and I hope that you know breaks apart the chicken. This stuff was unfortunately a little bit too connected for that. So you would shake it all up, and then you'd still have a chicken, like a chicken breast, basically there <laughs> in the middle of yourself. That was funny, but. Yeah, I mean, I actually looked this up because I wanted to be correct if we're going to criticize a game for their price of their their dungeon key, is what Destiny calls it. It's $20. It's $20 for dungeon key. That is an indie game. That is a very good indie. That is the price of Factorio for a long time, maybe even currently. Yeah, it's... A lot of times, um, games as a service model does not justify... 35 price to value if you look at anything else Mm -hmm. um 
but again, it's going to come down to the individual level of are you going to be playing with friends? Yeah, it's easier mm-hmm. to be a part of the groundswell than I'm going to do this on my own and like, oh, I want to buy the next season of stuff. If you yeah. don't have a group that you're playing with, I think the thing for me is I kind of like being able to jump between games. Like, I really like that at any point I could go back to StarCraft co-op. And there's no downside to it. I have nothing to catch up on. I can just pick a commander, have fun, stop playing the game, right? Like Dota, similar situation, right? You have that familiarity. It's something you can just jump into. Um, what do you but... mean by stop playing the game with context to Dota? <laughs> well, right, that, right. That, that one didn't relate. That do? didn't relate that to Dota. Possibility <laughs> <laughs> for a night for the for the evening. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You obviously start in the morning before you go to work, but. Um, just to get one in, right? Just to pick me up, put me down. Actually, <laughs> it's a pick me up. <laughs> um, but when I think about games like, so I, I, we're gonna build the elements real quick here. I hate get the feeling that I'm missing out on something. My wife is grinding through the Overwatch battle pass to get me this Galactic Overlord Sigma skin because I really want that. But I actually didn't want to play Overwatch much recently. I've been playing Pathfinder. <laughs> um, and she tells me whenever I get a play of the game and I look at it and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, my D.Va play is getting a lot better. <laughs> um, very funny. Um, but uh, so I, I don't like missing. I don't like the feeling of missing out on something. I like the ability to jump into a game because it's just what I want to play right now. And then I don't want to juggle a bunch of season passes at the same time. Right. Oh, like. I paid for the season passes for everything for Destiny for this year, and I'm already kind of like that might have been a financial mistake. Um, I probably will play each season a bit, but I kind of I might not for a bit, right? So that's not super great. And now like Diablo is going to come out with season passes. I don't want to be juggling these, right? Like, yeah, like the FOMO is one thing if it's one game, but if you have multiple games it's it's kind of what i feel i had with a, or maybe even still have between dota 2 and destiny 2 because mm-hmm. like i have people who are always willing to play dota like multiple discords now and they're always down they're always actively engaging and interacting and there are times where i'm just like i'm just good on dota or i want to talk to other friends who i've met in more in person <laughs> yeah um and maybe i'll pop on destiny 2 or be something social um and right now I'm decently caught up on the weekly stuff, but there's going to be a day where, or a week where I'm like, I don't want to do this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll be, do I try and catch up and burn through everything and burn myself out and be like, fucking hate this game. It's grindy and shit. Or mm-hmm. do I just, you know, force myself through the slog on top of, you know, having magic, the gathering dailies or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of games want your time. And it's hard to allocate based on what you're feeling or what other people want to do as well. Yeah. I actually, I have a love-hate relationship with Daily, so I'm glad you specifically called that out. The worst game that I played that had those, or the worst implementation was the Neverwinter Nights MMO, which was a game I was enjoying, but the dailies were actually just so oppressive that there wasn't really room to creatively do anything that day that you want to do they already expect that you're putting several hours into finishing your dailies 
and they might not be things that you just naturally would want to do as part of gameplay so they literally pushed me out of the game because i had this feeling like i have to complete the dailies and the dailies weren't the things that i wanted to do and so my brain was just like shut it down short circuit we play something else and i was like okay um and like i it's one thing if it's your primary game then dailies are pretty much always fine or maybe even encouraged because they give you some free currency or whatever the crap but like if you want to have freestyle fun in a game dailies can be the end of that unless they're they're really open right like you can kind of accomplish them doing whatever so like with magic i probably actually do the dailies for that Mm -hmm. thankfully at a point somebody's like hey uh dailies can roll over a couple days you can have up to like three daily quests going on i like that with magic because maybe i'll forget for a couple mornings before work i can come back to it but -hmm. like that's my way of getting free packs and stuff because i don't want to sink more money into it so it's cool and the challenge is be like hey uh, play this many red spells or play this many creature spells, play this many lands. Right. So it funnels you a little bit, but it's not super restrictive. So I can be like, uh, red and creature. Oh, I have a deck for this where it's just like little shitty token drops, get them out there. Or I feel like I can do something else. Mm-hmm. Whereas with some of Destiny's stuff, granted, these aren't dailies, these are part of like seasonal activities. Right. A lot of times it seems to funnel you more into a, hey, you have to do this exact thing this way. And you're like, I don't really even like Crucible in the first place. And now you're <laughs> saying I have to get Crucible kills using this specific weapon. And I don't like that play style of weapon either. Right. So it feels like there are certain quests in games, especially dailies, where it's like, hey, change your play style to get this one objective done. You're like, that's not fun mm-hmm. for me, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd say for for Destiny, they generally do it more like weeklies. They unlock weekly objectives for the seasonal week activity or something like that. Um, The nice thing is unless you're in the last season, you can kind of catch up and do this stuff from the past at any point that year, uh, which is nice. But um, I mean, for that last season, you don't have that, that leeway anymore um and maybe you don't want to grind a whole bunch that's what we did when we came back to destiny right i caught up on like pretty much all of my seasonal stuff from the entire year because i was just going hard on destiny but now i don't really want to do that anymore um so i think there's been a lot of progression in the way dailies actually worked hearthstone is kind of a museum in general but also for the way that their dailies worked they started out very specific like play shaman games win games do this stuff do this stuff and then at a point i think across pretty much all of the blizzard games they're like do we need to have these be so restrictive and it became like play this class or this class just play this many cards just play this many games if it's win some number of games it's a small number and then the last one i remember um, really before I quit was um, they didn't make it in the past you couldn't complete dailies playing against a friend and they just removed that entirely they're just like oh uh, why do we care if we have two people yeah. playing our game that's like two more than usually do let's let them play right <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's it feels so weird to me to like have a player base and then restrict what they want to do yeah because they're going to remember those restrictions be like Stevie and I had this like with magic for a while. I forget if you can do it now. I feel like they've gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. But like we used to play against each other for our challenges. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, we can get like the friendly camaraderie actually engage because, you know, we're talking while we're playing. And I know this person, I can like specifically try and dick them over or do something mean me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, you can only play against strangers. Oh, you must win a game? Okay, what if like you're forced to play Shaman or something you don't like, you're not comfortable with, you don't have a good deck for, and mm-hmm. you're being put against people who are just kicking your ass? You're like, okay. Again, it's like you're forcing a player to do something shitty outside of what they want to do versus yeah. just saying, hey, you came back to play again today? Here's a little reward and incentive. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you. And that's all within the content context of like a one-on-one game. Objectives, meta objectives can like immediately get toxic or dangerous if it's a team-based game, right? I think we've all had some game where someone was like, wanna... I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you want to talk about uh, Dota 2 and Cavern Crawl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of companies have had to learn that lesson. <laughs> some some better than others. I mean, you should you should mention what happened with Cavern Crawl, though. Can't just tease so, it. For anybody who doesn't know, which is literally nobody, um, Cavern Crawl is something that will come up occasionally with Dota 2 uh, seasonal events. And it will have like a little map of like, hey, you have to win a game with this hero or type of hero. Or maybe it'll be something like, hey, you have to win with a hero without feet. And you can pick any hero <laughs> without feet. There actually is a decent number of them. Um, uh-huh. And that will get you past that thing. And you're basically working towards the edges of the different parts of the map to get specific skins. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, because people are being incentivized to play characters that might not normally play or be good with a lot of people would just be like hey i just gotta pick this for my cavern crawl and you're like okay it kind of fucks over our draft um and is actively yeah. bad and you're not good with this character five vipers <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's you're rail again railroading a player into doing a specific thing and now it's affecting other teammates as well yeah i know again i'm not super excited about blizzard's monetization scheme with everything going to seasonal type content and obviously we never even talked about the full announce uh, denouncement i guess of overwatch 2 pve but um like we can uh, i feel like we, we should we, like we talked a, about overwatch 2 enough uh-huh. to like we should probably continue that thread yeah before jumping on that thread, I'd just say they did basically reach a point where, for the most part, their their quests are very... They're all in the direction of winning the game focused. It's not like kill still your teammates or do something like that. They're For the most part, it's just like play the game, do well, you're going to complete everything. Um, which is nice because then you don't really have to worry about it, but... It's pretty much the opposite of like the Call of Duty quest back when you remember Warzone. And it's like, hey, I'm on a quest. I have a mission from the moment that we drop in that I have to drink every single gas can on the map. (laughs) (laughs) My body will explode, you know, or something like that. Something super arbitrary or crazy. Um, But I guess that's fine if you're playing with friends because you can all consent. Hey, this is going to be a roguelike adventure this time. (laughs) Something weird is happening. (laughs) Yeah. But again, even with Destiny, I'd be like, hey, while you're on this thing, you have to get kills with a, a shotgun. I'm like, um, not go with a shotgun. I've never liked shotguns, but mm-hmm. here we go. Um, so you'll see me like running up to any small enemy I can find with a shotgun, just like getting a single kill. <laughs> not helping with ad clear at all. Um, but again, it's yeah. because, you know, that's what they told me to do. Yeah. 
good soldiers follow orders. That's all we're saying. Um, so in short, to recap, dailies can be okay. Don't make them obnoxious. I think season passes can even be okay, but don't hit me with FOMO because if it's too intense, I'm just going to run away in fear. Yeah. <laughs> and also actually have value in your season pass versus just, hey, we're actually just going to gatekeep you out of content. That's true. Yeah. Like if it's like, hey, you want to do this thing? Level up and get some cosmetics and some other fun stuff because you're invested in the game. Cool. Versus, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't play season pass? Sorry, you can't have uh, this new character. The fuck? Yes, that one. That that's a particular dig at Blizzard and Overwatch, and I think that one's valid. Um, do you want to talk about the the debacle? Okay. We'll, we'll talk about the debacle. I was you mentioned the cosmetics and season passes. I like the Destiny armor that's come out with a couple seasons. Those are good, and they give you an exotic at the start of the season. That's nice. That's like a new character. It's not. Um, Overwatch two, for anyone who has. I guess we're your only source of news, <laughs> if this is new news to you. Uh, they canceled the PvE component of the game. And it, it they, they mentioned that they pretty much knew that this was going to be coming for a while. Um, the kind of, their take on it was that they were reluctant to give up on it being on their roadmap entirely. But when they made the roadmap that they published at the same time that they said hey we're not going to have a pve component at all um they're like okay this literally doesn't fit we don't have the bandwidth for it we're going to have people in the seasonal um you know seasonal content making heroes making activities and stuff like that um and so in short it got canceled and this was announced all the way back when overwatch 2 was announced as the primary reason that there was going to be a 2 after that overwatch logo yeah um i don't know if everybody remembers that previous episode we're like hey overwatch 2 just like with payday 3 like oh what are you changing what gets carried over like what justifies you having this as a separate game Mm -hmm. and they didn't really provide one apparently because they shit canned it um yeah like i understand the like i've i've worked on projects in my own professional life where you're like mm-hmm. yeah and then it doesn't happen and you're mm-hmm. like that kind of sucks or maybe something has to change because uh there's a late requirement in the game what have you or some other restriction mm-hmm. but this really was their whole touting point for overwatch 2 like it was advertised right. constantly so it is weird that they're like hey uh we didn't roadmap this specific thing that we said was going to be there yeah versus like cutting something else like a new character i think people would be entertained with the characters they have for a long Mm -hmm. time new characters are always fun in games but like you can always pepper them in later Mm -hmm. i think like if i can lick the boot for a little bit for some of the justification on their side um I, I think history has basically shown that the community is not super happy with live service updates because that's pretty much what the end of Overwatch 1 was like. Like, they stopped releasing new characters. They pretty much stopped doing events. If they did events, they were all just rehashes of the old ones. Um, and pretty much just the game was essentially on life support um, before making the jump to 2. 
and then once two kicked off they're like i think they had two or three new heroes at launch and they've been adding them at a pretty decent clip it feels like um and for the people who are playing overwatch every night i think that's that's a good pace for them um but as much as i agree with you like i agree the i know what it's i know how it feels like to be working on something and then they're just like this is deprioritized this does not matter anymore or we just do not really have the resources to allocate to this um that doesn't actually surprise me the fact that they canceled the pve mode was not terribly surprising to me but it does suck because they said they would do it so points against them right failed goal and dishonesty um they could have told people earlier and they didn't because they wanted to show people the roadmap at the same time and it really does show that the live service model is basically sucking so much blood from the development of this that there's no way that they can work on this pve at the same time because they had like teasers for it like they showed like work in progress skill trees and action shots and some character interactions and all this stuff and it all just vanishes just say that's not a thing anymore yeah um i kind of hate the live service model as much as i understand it as a player and as a company saying like hey we want we want people to say have this is our this is our main game this is the game they come back to each night like it's a, it's will be a, it would be a separate discussion for me to, th- to describe all the ways i think it's hurt destiny <laughs> and i but i took that and i like, transplanted that understanding and i put it on overwatch for a second i was like i freaking get it when you're worried every month of making content that's got to come out next month and it has to be this treadmill it has to be this treadmill right like you have to push the next story chapter or whatever the crap you know month by month by month you can't allocate resources to other stuff it just takes everything yeah but i don't think they need to do as much as they're doing like Mm -hmm. if the game is good people will play it and they don't need to have other things that keep coming down the pipeline if things do come down the pipeline it's still very exciting right like i'm definitely playing some early access games and like i get excited and i look for like the little news updates of like hey, this next patch is coming in this. I'm like, oh, cool. I get to look forward to that. Something I can check out. Um, But I guess it's because I have other games. Like Mm -hmm. I have enough of a suite of entertainment so I'm not just so focused on this only, only this one thing. And I've already burned through this one thing. Therefore, where's my new content in this thing? Vampire Um, Survivors isn't like, they don't have a board that's expecting a certain number of season pass sales every month. Uh, it updated today and I like I had a brief heart palpitation I was like dear god no uh, uh-huh. it was just like some minor fixes no new achievements no new content I'm like thank god <laughs> uh-huh. I saw a related comment on reddit recently people were talking about addictive games and factorio came up mm-hmm. and someone had the comment like that the developers at one point threatened dlc and I was like, that is the most accurate way you could probably you could possibly <laughs> put that. <laughs> so help me God, I will. But I mean, it's because these are more traditional type games, right? You ship a complete thing and you're good. Maybe you have an expansion pack. You don't call it that anymore. You call it TLC or you don't. But people play it until they're done with it. 
and then they do something else. And that entire model is anathema to live service. Which yeah. is the reason I kind of hate live service. Like, however it, good the Diablo story is, it's going to be worse. I almost guarantee you it's going to be worse for every following season. Yeah. I. So I don't want to, like, poo-poo on the parade of Diablo 4 is literally happening today. Um, mm-hmm. I do. But, like, <laughs> I do not trust Blizzard in general. Um, I'm very worried about... I mean, the story might be serviceable, I think. Yeah. But... Review said it was okay. I, I, I don't they, know more than that. I don't know. It's not. They've not they been doing it was a better great job with three. <laughs> so wow! <laughs> wow! Did I trip over that bar? That's crazy. Um, <laughs> they brought Deckard Kane off screen. <laughs> he, he, he revives off screen and comes back. <laughs> just, I'm waiting for him to like, fucking show up again. <laughs> he's, so, he's 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 one of the lesser evils. <laughs> Deckard Kane, keeper of knowledge. It's actually Deckard Cyan. He's just completely mm. an obnoxious yellow. <laughs> He's uh, and boss. all his particle effects are static yellow boxes as well. Uh-huh. Um, they just up a model from Diablo 2 and call it a day. <laughs> it's freaking great. God. But yeah, that's one of the things that I'm not crazy about with it. It's because mm. it... I don't want to say promotes stagnation. But it also kind of does. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not looking to innovate on an existing IP or build on it. Too much. I mean, obviously, Diablo 4 is uh, an advancement and a departure uh, from some mm-hmm. previous stuff. So, yeah. kudos to them on that. But yeah, more so with, like... wise seems good. Yeah, more so with, like, something like Overwatch. They're not really trying to, like, break the bank and try something new. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, what works? Um, how can we make it... Oh, Summer Games uh chinese new year and they'll just mm-hmm. find whatever that is throw in a cosmetic and people will be happy i'm not yeah. saying it's a bad thing to have that but it's more so when you're charging money for that and people are just like i just want to play a thing right um, yeah i think it's a it's a tough rope to walk to basically balance continuing to like separate people from their wallets which is you know again business this is what they're aiming for at the top um but also how do you make a good game and unfortunately i think that those those odds can be crossed right because if they had theoretically let's just time machine back for a second to where we had more time in the podcast if we time machine back it's like there was a point in overwatch where they could have just been like hey we're gonna stop development on this for now um we're gonna work work on overwatch 2 we're gonna ship it when it's done um and that actually would have been okay i think it might not have been super hot for the overwatch league oh the overwatch league oh did i miss that did they have a game recently (laughs) let me check the uh youtube Uh yeah so unfortunately if that was an argument to be made that they wanted to support it then i mean it has its own issues but like even modern warfare right has been making a new game every year or two games per year whatever it is now i think it's a game every year generally two, two three, three probably four. <laughs> yeah um but they don't try to like add it all into the same game eventually they kind of did i guess but there's kind of this idea that people can accept what you give to them as that is a distinct thing 
and then expect you to start putting all of your effort into the next thing. And that next thing could be something different or it could be something advanced. And but that's historically that that is what game development is. You yeah. made a game. People are like, oh my god, that's so cool. When are they going to do their next thing? And then you had to fucking wait. Mm-hmm. That's what we have with FromSoft. And I'm waiting on the DLC. But I'm very excited. It's what we have with Team Cherry for Hollow Knight mm-hmm. into Silksong. Right? Which we'll be waiting on forever. Indefinitely. <laughs> We're very excited. <laughs> Half-Life 3, rumored to come out before Silksong. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we can but, yeah. meme it until like the cows come home, but like that is something that we are actively looking forward to. Um yeah. and I do not expect them to ever put content back into Hollow Knight. It's cool that they had a DLC. I mm-hmm. haven't even checked out all the DLC, right? Um but I'll still go back to that game. Yeah, because it's it was a complete good. package on its own. Yes. They didn't release it and it's like, hey, season one of Hollow Knight, you can explore Hollow Nest, right? Like it was a game when it launched and you played it as a game and then you could do something else with your life you don't have to put time into it all year and that's the issue i think live service is the poison that runs through the veins of uh, these publishing companies and well yeah it's how do we continue to get money from people that's the only thing Mm -hmm. someone has a checkbook somewhere or an excel spreadsheet and there's one big money amount for how much you would sell off grand theft auto and then there's another amount where it's like how much you'll sell off grand theft auto if every user buys shark bucks every month and that second one is a lot higher and so they're like (laughs) we'll build the game around that Um, so if there is anybody in the camp who's like you're you're dumb and wrong i don't agree with what you guys are saying think about it this way have you ever purchased an album a physical cd of no i'm gonna go back to Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the example of when I was a young younger lad, I got disturbed, right? Mm-hmm. Emotionally. And then also I mean, listening to the band. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I got their album Believe, which I think was their second one after the one that had Stupefy. I think it was Down with the Sickness. In any case, mm. I purchased that and I owned it. And all of its explicit lyrics for let's say the CD was 15 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. I own that in perpetuity. Awesome. Anytime I want to go listen to it again, I can. I'm not being charged for it per song for if I want to go back to it. It's yeah. just, hey, here's the service you paid money for, and that's mm-hmm. it. Our transaction is done. Right. You and can always come back if you'd like to check out any of our other wares. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the closer analogy would be subscribing to their Patreon and getting one song per month <laughs> across the year. And then by the end of it, you're like, that was kind of like an album, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the yeah. way it kind of feels like with Destiny. We'll get to the end of it and I'll be like, that was kind of like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and later, we're not talking about it now. Later we can talk about it. But I think live service model has legitimately harmed storytelling in Destiny. And... I'm thankful that I don't care about the story in Diablo because I don't think it would do up many favors there either. But any parting words of wisdom for the the nascent game developers out there in their cocoons ready to break free and become silk songs? I was waiting to see how uh, elaborate this uh, example is going to become <laughs> before I said anything. I mean, it's the usual stuff that I have to say of 
don't be an asshole. Hmm. Um, if you're going to design a game, uh, design it to be fun, something that you enjoy and you expect other people to enjoy. Um, yeah. There are certain things in games where you can easily point out, oh, this was like some somebody who's so far removed from video games just saying, you have to make this, it will sell. Yeah. For spoken. Um, mm-hmm. like, there are things like that. There are things where things just get pushed through development and it fucking sucks when you see the end product. Uh, we can talk about Redfall, we can talk about Gollum, we can talk about so many things. Mm-hmm. There's so many obvious examples to point to and be like, just don't do this. Yes. So please, don't do that. Yeah. In addition, um, it is Pride Month, and I know I will always make off-color jokes for tongue-in-cheeks purposes throughout the podcast, because that's very much my sense of humor, mm-hmm. but I will speak for both Jake and I and his and his uh, rainbow shirt. I would like to consider us allies. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe like not the most advanced allies we possibly could be by any means, right? But it it depends on what you call us in for, right? It's just yeah. like we're the, we're the we're the the situational call in your video game phone, where it's like, hey, I'm in a war zone. That's actually not our skill set. <laughs> I'll speak for Dave and I. That's not our skill set. <laughs> um, but maybe if but you yeah, have an LSG up, you know, yeah. I just want you to know that um. Whether it's us or other people in the game community, uh, there will always be a place for you and however you identify. Um, and it, people will always be shitty to a degree. And it's something that we need to work on as a culture to kind of remedy. Um, but yeah, don't give up. People are shitty, but people are usually shitty just because they're dumb. So we need to continue to keep educating people. Yeah. That's a good, I can add nothing to that and I will not meme on it. Um, if you guys have thoughts about the podcast or suggestions for future episodes, you can send those in soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on Facebook. Uh, historically a very safe place, our page at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.